Prince Adam, we had a chance to chat with Sharia Kao over Zoom video. Sharia was born in India. She didn't move to the United States until she was six years old. First uh, moved to New York City for a little bit and then settled in Houston. We talk about that culture shock and how she had to try to learn English. At least she was a bit more advanced academically than most kids, I, I believe, in kindergarten. She already could write cursive and read, which gave her an opportunity to really focus on her English. Always a performer, always a singer. It wasn't until nine years old when she started writing her own music, and that's when she took piano lessons as well. Throughout middle school and high school, she was always performing, involved in different chorus groups and choirs. But in college is when she started to perform her own songs. She talked about playing in a coffee house for the very first time, then hiring a producer, taking a year off school, and writing and recording a record. She put that out. It's called Skin. She told us about her second record, Seven Deadly Sins, which she released literally like the end of February 2020. So it had been out for a week or two before the world shut down. So we talk about how devastating that was. And all about her most recent music video for the song Gluttony, which she released the song back in 2019, but she loved the song so much and she had never done a video. So she wanted to do a video for that song, how they were swarmed by mosquitoes during the shooting of the song and all the hoops they had to jump through to put it all together. But it's a rad video. Check it out. Gluttony. And check out the video version of our interview with Sharia on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Sharia Cow. This podcast is all about you and your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. Sounds good. Let's dive in. Awesome. Um, Cool. So first off, I did read you're born in Houston, Texas, born and raised there. No, actually, I'm born in India and I moved to the States when I was six or seven. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're born in India. You didn't move here. Interesting. What was that like? First six years, you remember being there? Yeah, I do. I have very, very fond memories of India, even though, you know, I was very, very little. Um, Coming to the States, definitely a culture shock. Um, It definitely took a while to get my feet on the ground and in terms of like learning the language and finding a way to make friends and um, really like immersing myself in like American culture and figuring out what the heck it is. But, you know, I'm here now. (laughs) What took you what took your family from India to to Houston? Um, Well, we first came when we first moved to the States, we started off in New York and it was mostly just about opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad, um, his brothers, my uncles, they had been in the States a couple of years before we moved. And, um, you know, from what what they told my family, there's just a lot. There was a lot more opportunity here and um, schools and the education system were quote unquote better. I don't know about that now, but (laughs) at that time. so that's kind of what prompted them to make the move. Okay. And you came here at six. So you were what, in like first grade or something around there? Like kindergarten. Oh, kindergarten. Okay. Yeah. So what was it like? You know, you don't speak the language. Are you in a kind of class? Like, was there a gap? Brit, like, a, I don't know. Or did they just throw you right into English? Or like, yeah, were you, were you able to kind of like bridge a gap here? I'm trying to figure that out. I think 
I was just kind of thrown in. I didn't know anything. And then all of a sudden I'm like starting school and like figuring, like when I first came to America, all I knew how to say was like, yes, no, please. And thank you. I think that's all I knew how to say in English. Um, so getting thrown into school, that was, I remember it being really nerve wracking, but I also remember being way ahead of people like in my class. Cause in India, like, I don't know, the education system there for like younger kids is a little bit more fast paced. So I was already in kindergarten. I already knew how to like write in cursive and, and read and do like advanced math. Um, so I just felt like like annoyed and impatient waiting for people to like <laughs> catch up catch to me. Up. Sure. Um, wow. That probably gave you a little bit more time to learn English since you already yeah. were academically more advanced than everybody it else. It did give me more time to learn English. Um, I think I knew how to read it and had like a basic understanding of it, but I didn't really know how to speak it and hold like fluent conversation. So I remember like speaking to some kids like in kindergarten and I would get a little bit embarrassed because I like wouldn't know how to like say certain things. And I was just like, oh, I hope they don't think I'm stupid. <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I eventually caught on and I was so young that I like, I caught on really quick. My mom said I started speaking English like a parrot because that's how quickly, like one day I didn't even know anything. And it looked, it was like the next week I know exactly what to say, how to formulate a sentence. So wow, yeah, I was, I was kind of lucky in that way. So you're able to pick it up quickly. It wasn't like yeah. a year in that you're still kind of trying to struggle with. Right, right. And English is like, from what I'm told, I don't know any other language. Spanish, I can fumble through, but um, it's like ridiculously hard to, to learn because it doesn't make really much sense, right? It is. It, <laughs> but at the time, you know, when you're six, you don't really think about like grammar and, you know, piecing things together correctly. So... It was, it was easy. Like I just kind of picked up what everyone was doing around me because I was so young. So I never really looked back and was like, wow, this was hard. But then when I like got into middle school and we started learning grammar and English and reading, I was like, wow, this language is actually very, very complex. Doesn't make any sense. That's <laughs> yeah, very odd. Wow. Well, when did you get into music? Like when did you start singing? Um, I think I started singing when I was like, so I always had a thing for for the arts, even in India, like my mom put me in like dance classes and I was like a huge fan of dance. I would like there was like an adult talent show at my community um, in India one day. And then like I was like five and I got up and I like took the mic and like I sang something because um, <laughs> I think I've always had like a natural inclination to singing. Mm -hmm. So I, I've been singing ever since I could remember, but I think when I started to realize that I really love it, I was like eight or nine. Okay. Do you yeah. remember like what changed there? Or was it just like, okay, now I want to be in the musicals and I want to be in chorus or. Um, I think a lots, lots of things like, Avril Lavigne, High School Musical. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and I was like listening to these new songs. And at the same time, like we're very, I was very closely tied to like my roots as well. So I was always listening to like Bollywood music and watching new Bollywood movies as they come out. And I was mm -hmm. just so, I gravitated so much towards song and like singing that it just kind of became something that I grabbed onto and like really tried to like a craft that I really tried to perfect. And I started writing when I was like eight or nine. 
wrote silly corny songs, but that's kind wow. of how it all started. Yeah. Did you pick a piano or anything that early or is it yes. just, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, my dad put me in piano lessons when I was like nine. So I started when I was nine and everything kind of really came together when I was nine. Like I was exposed to all this different music. Um, I started playing piano and I was like, wow, this is really, really fun. So is that I what you started? Going. Yeah. Songwriting ish or yeah. Okay. Yeah, I started songwriting like around that same age. And I remember there was this one time I wrote a song about like wanting my like my Prince Charming to come and like sweep me off my feet. And then my <laughs> I like wrote it on loose leaf paper. It was so corny. But for an eight-year-old, I'm sure it was good. Um and then my parents found it and they're like they're like a bit more on the conservative side. So when they read it, they were like, This is, you know, um, it's awesome that you're being creative, but you shouldn't write songs about boys. You know, I think you should stick to something more, you know, your, your, your age, you know, write about rainbows and like butterflies and stuff. I was like, no, I think I was like very, from like an early age, I was like thinking about topics that are more complex for my age. And I think that always um, bothered them. And I think that's something that kind of also fueled my passion for writing. Um, I never felt like I was a rebel or anything, but there were certain cases where I was like, you don't like this, let me keep doing it. You sure. know, like they're just like very small, minimal acts of rebellion that I was like, I feel like I'm onto something cause you don't like it. Right, <laughs> um, right. So I've going with it. Yeah. When did you start like performing in front of people or showing people your songs aside from your mom finding that one? When did I start performing? So it started, early on, you know, when I was like five or six and um, I would perform at like school shows, like dances. And I would like, I was like Cinderella when I was in India, like in kindergarten or pre-K, I was like cast as the role of Cinderella. So I would like do musical theater. And um, then coming to the States, I started like performing at talent shows and stuff. Um, and then eventually, like in high school, I joined a show choir. So we were always performing and then in college, like an acapella group. So I stuck with it for, you know, ever since I could remember. Well, what about your own songs? My own songs. So my own songs, I started performing probably um, in college, in college oh. when I kind of started experimenting. Um, I, I remember I did like a coffee house when I was at AM. And I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't like ask any of my friends to come because I just wanted to test out some material. So I sang like some acoustic songs at a coffee house and people responded well. So I was like, let me, let me uh, keep doing this. Wow. What gave you the courage to get up there and do that? Do you remember? I felt like I was studying um, biology at the time and I was so miserable and I was I always, I've always wanted to do music. Like that's always something that's been in my like heart and soul. Mm -hmm. um, but I never knew if people would like respond to it well. You know, like I've always been told like, oh, you have a nice singing voice, like you have a nice voice, but I'm like, but do I have good music? And I, I it was kind of a way for me to test out whether it's really worth giving this thing a shot. Like I was like, if people like it, then maybe I can like make some more. But if they don't like it, then maybe I'm like dreaming too far um mm -hmm. so it was kind of a way to test my talent i guess and you and went in 
And did you play piano and sing or you said it was acoustic? Did you play guitar at this point? So I, I played, I played piano, but um, that was like my instrument, but I had just gotten a guitar the summer before Uh and um, I barely, I just knew like four chords. (laughs) So I just used those four chords and I got on stage and I sang with them. I think I played horribly, but somehow like the song didn't sound horrible altogether. So that's good. Um, there was a good response to it, which like encouraged me to keep going. So, mm-hmm. and you put a record at what 2017? Was that your first EP? Yeah, that was my first EP. It was called okay. Ah, and oh my gosh, yeah. Tell me about that EP. Like when? What? How much longer after that coffee shop performance? Um. So the coffee shop performance was at the like nearing the end of 2016. Okay. um, I released the album in 2017. So after, after 2016, I think my parents and I like had to sit down and I was like, I hate school. (laughs) All right. Well, we won't let you um, not finish, but we'll let you like take a break and like pursue music. And um, so I took like a year off and I found a producer in Houston. And then I was like, I want to do this. So we made music together. We released the Skin EP and um, then eventually like ended up going back to school, but I needed that time to like really figure out how the whole process is done. Like mm-hmm. how to work with a producer, how to record in a studio and all that. So was that your first studio experience? Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? It was so insane. Like I, I remember that was the, the first time I recorded in a legit studio was the first time that I ever saw a studio. So I walked in, I was Whoa. like, this place looks like a spaceship. Like this is so cool. Um, I was like in heaven. I was like, wow, I love it here. I could stay here forever. And I still feel that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was, it was super exciting. I felt like I was like a kid in a candy store and you know, studios have really good quality majority of the time, like good studios have good quality, like instruments and microphones. Right. So when I heard what I sounded like on a microphone, I was like, wow, I'm in love with myself. Uh, okay. That, <laughs> um, I, yeah. I didn't know. Sometimes it's the other way around. I was like, oh my, that's what I sound like. Um, I think I just spent so long like singing. So I was, you know, I already knew how to sing and I've performed live in front of like mics. Not that it's the same in the studio, but I kind right. of had a feel for how to sing on a mic and like just how to sing in general. So mm-hmm. I think it was just about like getting the quality, like the sound quality um, that I was like, when I heard it, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> million songs. Um, so you- so you put the skin EP out and that was done independently. Yeah, that was done independently. Um, and you know, I, I like when I first started, I knew absolutely nothing about like music or promotion, like the way it's become like this full blown industry where independent artists can thrive that really like took off. It was like a very recent thing, like five years ago, you don't have, I did not have like as many resources. Like there wasn't TikTok, like no one was making like a bunch of YouTube videos about it and stuff. And yeah. I, I just wasn't aware that you have to like promote and advertise. So I like took a year off school. I was like, this is the year that I'm going to make it. And then I dropped the EP and I like, nothing happened because literally like five people knew about it. <laughs> and right. 
why is no one listening to my music? Like, I don't understand. And then um, a year later, I kind of started learning a lot more about like the business side of things. And I was like, wow, I didn't even like do anything with this. I just like put it on Spotify along with like the millions of songs that are released every year and thought it was going to pop. But I think that was, that record was a really, it's like very sentimental to me because it was my very first shot at like learning how to be in a studio, how to create like full blown songs and like put them out. Like, like that was like the first time I ever just put myself out there and I like failed low key miserably, but I learned so much and I'm always going to be really, really grateful for that project, but I'm never, ever going to listen to it again. I think if I do, I'm going to vomit. So (laughs) stay away. (laughs) (laughs) Was Gluttony the second song you released after that EP? Um, so after that EP, I released a single called Sugar with Whitney Clark as a feature. Um, and that, that song like performed really well. Um, I think it just hit the algorithmic playlists on Spotify. So it just kind of like took off from there. Mm -hmm. Um, that was my first song to like reach a hundred thousand. Wow. And I was like, whoa, like I may have something here. And, um, so after that I released gluttony and then, you know, a few more singles off of the seven deadly sins project and then the seven deadly sins project. Cause you released gluttony. It looks like uh, I'm just going off your Spotify 2019 and the video came out. What recently, like last month, month. (laughs) what was the the gap there? Was it just, did you just decide like, this is a great song. I want to go back and make a video for it. The intention was to always make a video for it. Um, I just think with, 2020 like COVID really did a number on of course everyone so I you know I had plans to like make the video in 2020 and get everything together um but it just didn't end up panning out the way that I wanted I also was in school at the time and juggling like a job and then I graduated and I went straight into like another corporate job which literally drained my entire life force so it was just hard. It was hard to like manage everything. Um, but I just kind of put my foot down and I'm like, I don't care if it's been two years. Like I love this song and I feel like recently it's been performing even better than like it had been like when I first put it out and I'm like, okay, people are clearly gravitating toward this. People have some type of attachment to this song and I want to put out a visual so people can like really get to know me as an artist and my vision. Um, so I think a lot of it was just a time constraints, COVID, and just not it not being like the right timing, I think, spiritually. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Yeah. And you don't sing just in English. No, no. Yeah. Is that something that you do throughout your, that you've done throughout your career? No, it's actually like a very recent thing that I've started doing, like starting from the Seven Deadly Sins project. It's, I've never really sang in Hindi before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just became like super westernized once I started listening to like American music. Um, But I, there was this, like when I went to A&M, like I was always listening, like it's just always around you. So it's country music and like pop. And I was just like, I am actually really, really sick of American music right now. And so I had like a heart to heart with old songs that I loved as a kid, like Bollywood songs. And I was like, what am I doing? Like I have like 
you know, I'm so fond of my culture and like the songs and the lyrics of like Hindi lyrics and just the language itself. Like, why am I not putting this into my music? Um, so that's how I kind of decided that this is the direction I want to go. I want to put Hindi in my songs and eventually even like the production, I want this production style to also have like remnants of um, like Bollywood beats mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Okay, very cool. And with with the EP, where did the EP come out in the midst of 2020? Was it or before COVID happened? Where were you when that whole? It was like right before COVID. It was like a week before COVID became a thing. Oh. Um, and I was like, oh, oh, great. I, I mean, no one really knew what COVID was, right? When it first happened, we yeah. got a blow over in like a month and then like three months and then six months. And you're like, okay, well, just the same stopping right yeah um so i dropped it like late february and like early march is when they're like okay there is something brewing in, mm-hmm. in the air be careful and then like the second week of march it's like covid 19 like, <laughs> okay great all right well i'm screwed because i had plans of like doing a bunch of shows and like really because like I said, I understood more about like promoting music and um, putting your name out there and stuff. And all the plans that I had just kind of. Yeah. And then what you have to pivot, correct? I mean, you have to go now it's all online. And how how did you deal with that? I didn't. I (laughs) I feel like I was very overwhelmed because everybody shifted to doing everything online. And uh-huh. there was such an oversaturation of like content and, and people that I was just like, I think maybe I doubted myself or like I doubted my capabilities or I doubted that anything could happen for me, like, especially through social media, because I'd been trying social media for so long and it just wasn't nothing like stuck, nothing cracked. So I just kind of, I feel like I gave up just a little bit. And I know that sounds like a little depressing, but it was COVID. So I'm giving myself a pass. There you <laughs> um, go. I, once the project, like once COVID happened, like things just started spiraling out of control, like for everyone. So um, the excitement I had for the project and promoting it, like I lost a lot of that momentum, like within like the first three months of COVID really being a thing and like lockdown. Um and then after that, I just felt like so much of the momentum and the excitement from the project had just like dropped. And I was like, well, no one cares. Why should I? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, it wasn't until like recently that like I got on TikTok and I started promoting my music on TikTok that people have really like taken notice and like started gravitating towards um, my like music from 2019. And even like, even some records off of skin which i'm like oh god please no but you know it's like so interesting that like when people discover your discography like if they like you they'll go all the way back so i feel like i've just now started really honing in like that fan base um and that momentum is like building up again so i was Mm -hmm. like you know what why not capitalize on this because last time i just like let it die and i mean i'm not gonna beat myself up about it because there was like a global pandemic, but now I don't have an excuse. So I was just like, things are picking up. Let me drop a video. Let me just keep this going. So that's cool. And then when did you shoot the video? Was that recent? Um, I actually shot the video in 2020. I started Uh shooting the video. I think it was October 
it was October 2020 that I shot it. And then I was like, oh, and the, even like the process of shooting the video was so tumultuous. Like I would shoot like one scene and then the videographers wouldn't be available for like the next like two to three months to shoot another one. Oh my gosh. Um, and then once I shot like all the scenes, I didn't even get the edit of the video back to like four months later. So it was just, it, it took its sweet time. I think it was just something like, there's some things that you just can't force. Um, and no matter what I was doing, I was like trying to stay on everybody's ass. Like, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Planning everything out, like outside of my nine to five, which was actually a 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. job. It was like 12 hours a day, six days a week. And I was still just trying to stay on top of everybody all the time. Like, let's get this done. Let's get this done. Let's get this done. And it wasn't happening. So there are like certain things that you just have to like, let go. Once you figure out that like you're pushing so much and nothing's coming of it, like why stress yourself out? Let it come as it comes. And I am glad that like the video's out, even though it was such a pain to like put it together, but it was a labor of love. So now that I look back at it, I'm like really like proud that this is my first video. I'm really proud of the work that we did and it took so long, but it's here and it's out there for the world to see. And um, lots of great memories and lots of great lessons learned. It's a rad video. And you've gotten really good response on, like, on YouTube, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, it is a rad video. I do say for myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I really put so much love into it. And if I told you half of the shit that we went through during the filming process, like, oh, my God. I designed the costumes. I, like, drew it by hand. And I had it made oh in gosh. India here um I like designed how I wanted the jewelry to look and they like they got that jewelry for me um we have a, like someone in India like in India it's really common for people to like make your clothes like a lot of stuff there is custom made so we just oh, wow. um, reached out to someone who like does that and um he made some like really dope costumes for me and um I had like contacted several different people like in Houston that do certain types of sets that I like. There's a scene where there's like a whole picnic table and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I like contacted like a bunch of those companies. And finally I got one to like help be a part of the project and like do that set for me at like a low cost. Cause we're balling on a budget here. Um, there's just so much that went into it. Like so much love. Like when there was a, when we were shooting that scene with like a picnic table, Mm -hmm. um we got swarmed by mosquitoes like the mateo the videographer he literally had welts on his forehead because mosquitoes oh were like him so hard and there was like a scene that's actually in the music video where like i you can't tell it's, it's only me that can tell because i remember but i like flinched a little bit because i was getting bit on both toes by mosquitoes oh, at oh the time. Gosh. He was like, oh God, like, why am I here? Like, well, at, at that time, I wasn't thinking it. I was like, we need to get the shot. And so were the videographers. They were like, you know what? This sucks, but like the scenes are amazing. Like we need to get the shot. And I, whenever I look back at the video and, I'm, and I think about, damn, this took so long. I just think about like how dedicated and passionate everyone was on that project and like what it took to pull it together. And I'm like, I just feel really, really grateful regardless of what we went through. Like there was so much like love and passion for the vision for it to come together. So no wow. complaints on mine. Now I have to go back and watch and see if I can see any mosquitoes in the video. <laughs> no, they did such a good, like, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm kidding. Some people can't see them, but there's, there's, I have like, 
in some scenes, like you can tell I have mosquito bites like on my neck and then like those two mosquitoes biting at my toes at the same time. I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh my. Um, definitely a trip yeah well sure. the videos turn out rad so that's all that really matters right yeah exactly there you go well have you been working on any any new music yeah tons like i have so much new music that i want to put out but um i just want to be a lot more cognizant of like rollout and like pr and marketing and stuff so i i want to do it right this time um so i'm taking um i'm taking a little bit of time just putting everything together so that like everything's ready and all we have to do is just put it out one by one. There you go. I love that. And thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I have one more question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, my, my advice for aspiring artists is don't wait for anyone to make things happen for you. Um, when you're starting out, unless you're really, really lucky right off the bat and you get a smash hit as soon as you drop something, like don't even sign on management because a lot of the time management is just going to wait for you to do something for yourself before they can help you out. Um, you know, so like don't sign on any formal management. Don't um, don't jump into something like like right away really take your time and like find your style, find your sound. Like in the beginning now in the culture that we live in, like good and real artists, they, that are independent, they do everything themselves. They're their own PR team. They're their own marketing team. They're their own stylists. They're their own creative directors. And you have to wear a million hats, but like learn to wear those million hats, learn these different industries, learn what you like. So that when you do get yourself to a level that someone wants to take you on, either as like a management client or even sign a deal, like you know exactly what you want and you won't let anybody step on you and make you an industry plant because I see that way too often. So just own your craft and really love what you do.